Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one by one. There will be no spoilers for future episodes, but we will be discussing details from previous episodes. I'm Harrison, and if Willow doesn't want it, I'll take that trip to Boys Town. And I'm Jason, and I don't want gold stars. <laughs> Harrison, what episode are we watching this week? Uh, we are watching Buffy Season 5, Episode 19, Tough Love, a.k.a. the one that launches us into the in the final act of the season. Oh, you thought your heart was done breaking? <laughs> oh, Jesus. You foolish summer children. Yes. Uh, In this episode, uh, Buffy is forced to drop out of college to care for Dawn. Must confront the fact that if she doesn't provide Dawn with proper care, Dawn will be taken away to possibly be sent to a foster home. Or or worse, her father. Meanwhile, uh, Glory... Uh, attacks Tara after Willow and Tara get into a fight, believing Tara to be the key, and mind sucks her, which leads uh, Willow to a roaring rampage of revenge, all culminating in a very upsetting cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. I realized I was like, maybe I should save some stuff for the actual episode. <laughs> so much happened. <laughs> Tough Love was written by Rebecca Rand Kirshner. And directed by David Grossman, and originally aired on May 1st, 2001. Sweeps! Jason. Yes? What are you drinking today? Well, I'm feeling a little better than I was last week, so, uh, but not like... 100%. 100%. So I'm going to go with some red wine. Okay, some nice. easy on the tum-tum. Yeah. As, as long as you're not like drinking it like a Lannister. Right. Um, and I, I've served it to you in one of my uh, slightly nicer glasses. It's mm-hmm. not the crystal, but... Um, I, I, it feels so welcomed. <laughs> Good. Uh, I have got myself a little bit of bourbon. Uh, it's from a bottle called 1792. Mm-hmm. Uh, my uncle gave it to me for my birthday, and it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's not like a like a top top shelf, but it's um, it's still very nice and smooth. Um. So yes, um, a toast. Here's a toast to uh, all of the single parents and or guardians who uh, have to do it on their own. Not on their own, hopefully, because they hopefully have great support systems, but it still isn't easy. Um, So, like Buffy, I hope that you are getting through it, having a lovely life. That was very satisfying. Glass on glass makes for a good toast. (sighs) That's called frittage. That's not... That's penis on penis. Is that, really, is that really what that sounds like? I mean, not exactly. I but mean, I mean, it is still flesh rubbing up against fre- fresh flesh. Yeah, but there's like... The, the flesh from the palm of your hand is very different from the flesh of your penis. True. I mean... 
Now I'm going to stop myself right there. Uh, <laughs> 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 We're off to a great start. I I expect nothing less of us. Um, the beginning of this episode, Buffy goes to um, one of her professors, um, a poetry professor. We haven't really spent much time at, uh, at the university this season. Um, other than just to acknowledge that Buffy has still been attending. Um, but she explains to the professor she has to drop his class, and in fact, all of the classes. I feel like a big missed opportunity was was uh, not having this be her history professor, because history seemed to be the, mm. the class that Buffy really got into. Um, but also, this professor kind of like... You know, maybe it's because I've been listening to the Boy Meets World podcast lately, <laughs> but I guess I was expecting this uh, professor to say, like, something maybe Feeny-esque, maybe, but he's just kind of like, oh, all right. Yeah. Sorry. I, yeah. I, I appreciated that he was, like, I guess it would have felt weird for this guy we've never seen before if he was giving her some life advice, but I, I appreciated that he was, like, supportive and well, it, kind it, to her. I mean... It could easily just been something like, uh, well, I hope to see you in these halls again. Yeah, that would have been nice. Yeah, it just, it, it felt like there wasn't a lot to this scene. I've always just feel so bad that Buffy had to drop out of school. Yeah. I, like, it always, like, I'm always just like, it's not fair. It's not, like, and I know no, that's, like, that's... So, so much of this that that's always falls onto Buffy's shoulders isn't fair but yeah especially this episode because i mean you know you have to think at the beginning of this season well in the second episode of this season (laughs) uh you know don buffy and joyce were just kind of like living this you know normal yeah uh life um but in less than a year now like you know they find themselves without their mom and the possibility of Don going to foster care. I mean, yeah. like, what, what kind of shit is that? Yeah. I mean, yeah, look back at the beginning of the season in that first episode. You know, we started the episode on, like, a bright, sunny beach, and everyone, in you the know... second episode. Uh, no, in the first episode, in Buffy versus Dracula. Oh, yeah, that's that, right. That beach day. And, like, everyone's happy. You know, all the couples are together in good places. And then, yeah, once we get Dawn in, like, they seem to be having a really good functioning family unit for the most part. And, you know... occasional Riley appearance. Right. But, you know, and... But as the seasons, it's just gotten darker and darker and darker. And it, like, you know, Riley was a piece of shit and he left. And then Joyce was sick. And now, you know, it's like... Spike was a toxic man. Toxic (laughs) toxic man. And it's just, it's just, like... It's just, it, 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 I don't know, it's almost like this, having, being forced to drop out of school now just almost feels like a kicker while she's down moment. And, and, and then the episode continues to kick her while she's down with, uh, the attack on Tara and then that well, final scene. Well, you have to think, like, when it comes to near the end of these seasons, it, 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 when it rains, it pours. Oh, indeed. Indeed. Um... I uh, and we are near the end of the season. So close. Uh, her her professor does hope that she reads some poetry, maybe short ones, and she is like maybe those Japanese ones that sound like a sneeze. 
Great, great, uh, great for the episode featuring the multicultural fair. <laughs> right? So multicultural this episode, you know, with every single character being white. Um, <laughs> um, ben gets fired. Yeah, Ben. Uh, I, speaking of kicking while he's down, like <laughs> Ben shows up for work to find that he has he no longer works there because he hasn't shown up for two weeks. So I'm like, I'm torn. Because, like, yes, I would be annoyed with an employee who just shows up after, like, two weeks of not answering their phone. But that that doctor was kind of an asshole about yeah. it. I mean, if, if something like that happens, like, I would be very concerned. Like, were they in now, an accident? Were they, it like... seems like Ben has told him before, like, oh, hey, there's this demonic being <laughs> in my body. Because, like... The doctor does spell that out, yeah. but he's just like, oh, sure, mister, there's a demonic being <laughs> in my body. Like, I haven't heard that one before. Yeah. This is Sunnydale. <laughs> <laughs> you and five other people, buddy. <laughs> um, yeah, and Ben feel, uh, seems shocked by the fact that it's been two weeks, um, which indicates to me that he's the glory's never taken over for that long of a period of time it, it everything seems to indicates that they but glory they're, they're short bursts yeah and glory is also getting closer to the key so i think that's like making mm-hmm. her more powerful yeah or at least like putting forth more effort to maintain control yeah um because yeah and she she comes out pretty quickly after ben has his little breakdown um, that sounded so dismissive. This little breakdown. <laughs> Poor man's just lost his job. <laughs> He's having a little breakdown. Remind me never to like <laughs> tell you if I get fired. <laughs> like, oh, Jason, oh, you're you gonna have lose, a little breakdown. You, you lose, lose your, your little, little job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're a demon inside of you. <laughs> and then like uh and then like Harrison and I wouldn't talk for a while because uh, I would have punched him and probably broken his jaw. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever lost your job, Jason, I would never treat you in such a fashion. I, I know that. Um, but if you did, you'd get punched right in the jaw. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> um, Glory emerges from Ben. I didn't like that. <laughs> I didn't like that sentence. Uh, wish I hadn't said it. Uh, and goes home to have a nice bubble bath. Which she loves. She loves bubble baths. She has three of her minions there. Uh, they're all blindfolded. Um, one has a mimosa. One has some chocolates. One has a loofah. Um, I, the only thing I could think of, though, while I was watching that scene was, oh my god, that water was probably f- fucking ice cold. Like, yeah... That's, I think it's just one of those things I've learned, and I now I can't stop seeing it. Uh, it's very similar to the empty coffee cup. Um, is um, that, yeah, the, when people are doing water shoots, they're in that water for hours and hours and hours, and it doesn't stay warm very long, if uh, it ever was warm. She must have had, like, some just, like, really pruny parts on pruny, her, too. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, it, since Claire Kramer, she'd still look glorious. Of course, um, they, uh, <coughs> excuse me, um, the, her stooges try to give her some, some of their very on-brand compliments, but she's just like, 
It's not like you all have there ever bathe. Oh, we do. We bathe in your splendiferous glory. <laughs> Love it so much. Uh, and she's like, okay, you dipshits <laughs> were supposed to bring me the key. You brought me a vampire um, with, uh, what did she say? Uh, fried hair follicles. Yeah. Um, <laughs> taking, the, taking the swing at the spike, but I think... Um, Spike did get her pretty good. Oh, so oh. I mean, we'll talk about it, but that makeup on him was gnarly. <laughs> like, well, no, I was talking about like uh, Spike got her with some like barbs. Oh, like, oh. <laughs> his emotional well-being, yeah. not his physical. Uh, yes, on both accounts, Glory fucked him up pretty good. <laughs> um, so uh, she's basically just like, "You're gonna tell me everything you fucking know about." about like or everything you saw while you were uh you know spying on the spying slayer. on the slayer and her group of friends and we're gonna figure this shit out because there are only three more episodes of this season after this so we really gotta find this key y'all mm-hmm. um, <laughs> um at school don and buffy are in the principal's office don school don school yes um because uh, Dawn's been skipping class. Uh, Buffy's like, you lied to me. And she's like, I didn't lie. And she's like, you said school was fine. And she was like, I didn't say I was there while <laughs> school was being fine. Nice, Dawn. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, boy. Um, yeah, Michelle Trevor just nails the... Oh, gosh. Nails the teenager bit. Oh, there, it's... She's so good. There's a one moment when they were, um, she does, she does her arms, arm fold that she does, but she also just threw it in like a little extra sass with her hip. And I was like, she's almost a little too good at that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, just visualize how you really feel when hanging out with Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, after some discussion, the principal does ask Dawn to step out of the room so that she and Buffy can talk privately. Um, and we don't uh, we don't see this conversation. We will find out its contents later. Um, there is a nice little moment where um, the principal's like, we all know that Dawn's not an ordinary girl. And <laughs> Buffy and Dawn are like, uh, they're like alarm bells start to go off and they're she's like she's a smart intelligent like thoughtful young woman a wonderful <laughs> thing to say it was i i actually quite liked this principle maybe maybe it's because the comparisons we have are principal flutie and principal snyder yeah but she was understanding she uh she was uh kind uh but was also just like but you know, we gotta, we gotta get this ship, ship boy, shape. Boy, I wish there was a, uh, wish there was a principal that we could really just get to know. Um, mm. I don't know, maybe. I don't know. Um, won't be Principal Stevens. I don't think we're ever gonna see this woman again. I don't even know how I remember that her name is Principal Stevens. Yeah, <laughs> nice on I, that one. I just, I, I just remember looking at her like, little nameplate and was like, huh, her name's Principal Stevens. Interesting. And then I assumed that knowledge was gone forever, but apparently I hung on to it. There you go. Quick recall, baby. Um, at the magic box, um, 
I, well, I'm just going to read those. At the Magic Box, Anya talks about patriotism and how money ties into that. She Anya is, is the only wrong. unfettered capitalist that I will ever love. Yeah, she's... um. <laughs> Hell, I'm related to an unfettered capitalist. (laughs) You want to talk about tough love. (laughs) Um, No, uh, yeah, and I mean, it's really funny, but also topical in how the driving force of America has not been democracy. It has been capitalism. And as democracy fails us, it's reassuring to know that capitalism is still there. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> I just, I really love when Anya's like, it's unpatriotic, and Anya or Xander and Willow just kind of look at each other, and then Xander just goes, "Okay, I'm going in." <laughs> uh, great Xander episode. He didn't do one shitty thing that I could think of. Even his bra joke wasn't gross. Yeah, and like you know. I could easily see where he was going when he's like, "I will try to be supportive," just like. Not coming up with anything that isn't yeah. a bra. He was like, tr- he was trying to yeah, think of something I'm like, else. Well, when you when you say that when you say it like that, I mean, yeah, it's like I'm gonna be super supportive, just like a bra, a bra. <laughs> underwire. And you know, women may complain about them, but I think there are also sometimes when women just really are like very thankful to have those bras. I have no comments about bras, other than it's kind of a funny word to say. Yeah, I guess. I, I I guess. Why would you? I don't need them. It's like the. Uh, I did um when Xander said that he was trying to think of something bra more manly, it made me think of the bro from Seinfeld. I don't know the, the bra for men. Oh, okay. It's called the bro. Is it actually like a bra? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I, I I keep forgetting that you haven't watched Seinfeld. Yeah. I don't know, it's like a weird blind spot for me. We've all got those weird I, blind spots. I just remember, like, seeing some of it when I was a kid and just really not liking it. But I also had the same thing with Frasier. And then I, like, one day just, like, got it. Like, like with Frasier, I would catch episodes and I was like, ugh, these people are so fucking pretentious and obnoxious. <laughs> and then one day I was, I, like, my dad was watching it and I, like, was watching it with him and I was like, oh, that's the fucking pretentious and obnoxious like um so i i i probably would have a similar reaction to seinfeld if i if i watched it um yeah seinfeld is um the the great thing about seinfeld is that i mean obviously it is very much a foundational sitcom it's like arguably one of the most popular sitcoms of all time uh there are some people who say that's even one of the best tv shows of all time I wouldn't argue with him. It's very, very good. But yeah, and like the thing is that it's still pretty funny. Yeah. Like it's, there are obviously some things that are dated. I mean, what sitcom doesn't have things that are dated? Hell, Kimmy Schmidt has things that are dated. Um, But no, I think that, uh, I think that Seinfeld still, um, still really kind of uh, reaches a pretty wide crowd. I do know there's the one episode where, about that right where they can't masturbate yeah that's that's one of the most famous ones we um when my senior year of high school a bunch of my friends and i we did that bet i didn't win um were you the first one out were you the kramer no i was i made it pretty far into it actually and well we had to 
there was a, a caveat that it was nutting of any kind. So like, like, can't have sex with a girlfriend. No, 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 sir. Keep those balls blue, my friend. Keep those balls blue. Anyway. Yeah, but I mean, it's worth <laughs> for the money. What were um, we talking about? <laughs> Buffy seeks Giles' advice. Yes. Uh, she sets Dawn to do her homework and then asks to speak to Giles. Um, Giles tells her, she's like, you gotta put your foot down. You gotta be stern with her. Um, and she's like, but what if you did it? <laughs> and she's like, you tell me what to do all the time. And he's like, yeah, and you fucking ever listen to me? And she's like... Sometimes. <laughs> I listen. <laughs> um, but she agrees. Uh, yeah, she has to take responsibility. And I agree with Giles. I mean, Buffy does need to take the responsibility. It is her responsibility. Yeah, I mean, if, if Buffy's going to be her guardian, which is what she is setting out to be, she has to yeah. act like her guardian. However, she does... Go a little too far in the she, other direction. Yeah, she does, like, overcorrect... Um, yeah. And at first it kind of seems very out of place, but we also don't, I, it obviously makes much more sense when you find out like yeah. what's at stake. Yeah. It's very like, I disagree with how Buffy is going about it, but I very much understand why that's the, like where she is emotionally and why that's how she's choosing to, to, to approach this. I think it's the wrong track. Um, and I agree with Dawn later. She should have just been honest with her and upfront and said, like, this is the situation. These are the stakes. But also, sure, let's act out triangles. Um, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I did kind of notice, like, um, how, oh, Joyce's death is, like, thrusting this onto Buffy, like, this responsibility. Mm -hmm. And she's not and prepared for it. She's not prepared for it. Boy. Too bad that's never happened to her before, having like a big old responsibility just thrust onto her when she wasn't prepared for it. Right. Oh, wait a minute. That's the show. Yep. <laughs> well, what's so interesting is, yeah, it's we've seen Buffy spend the last five years figuring that out and coming to a good place with her responsibilities as the Slayer. And then now to have that, all of that work that she's done for herself, like upended by this, um... And I just feel so bad for her. I just want Buffy to be happy. But Buffy's happy we don't have a TV show. So actually, I want Buffy to be very, very sad. <laughs> I mean, she can... Obviously, like, she has spurts of being happy and yeah. being sad. It's just that, you know, there's been a lot of sad as of late. Yeah, it's and there's going to continue to be sad. It, there is. Um, oh, my mom's calling me. Call her back later. Um... <laughs> Uh, I was supposed to call her yesterday and I forgot. <laughs> I felt really bad. Um, you should. I, uh, yeah, I think she, I'm, uh, I get the impression she's having some empty nesting feelings. Um, cause my brother just deployed and, mm -hmm. um, but my other brother lives like five minutes away from her and works from their house every day. So... She don't you don't you don't you try to minimalize her empty <laughs> nesting feelings? Um, 
back at uh, so yes, Buffy comes out and they are acting how to triangle um, the customers that were uh, there being unpatriotic and probably French um, were presumably chased away by Anya because she she was going to force them to buy something. <laughs> yes, according to Anya, the most un-American thing is uh, French old people. <laughs> French old people. I love Xander's like, um, why don't we try being a little less prejudiced and a little more inclusive? Not us. You. you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it is... It's so... Her love of money is... Like yeah, like in real life, I would find that so distasteful. But she's just such so over the top and like it's yeah, so I mean, funny. It is clearly meant to be like lampooning like people who are obsessed with money in real life, yeah. and it and it works so well. It yeah. makes them look oh, ridiculous. So which good. they are. Uh, I also, oh, Jason, her feet just touched. Oh my god! Oh my god! What do we tell John? Oh. <laughs> Telling him everything. Like all the lurid details. Uh, also, just uh, to point out, uh, Emma Caulfield's hair, fucking on point. Mm-hmm. Stunning. Um, Buffy breaks up the uh, triangle fun, and uh, Willow kind of tries to talk her down, and Buffy's just like, no. Uh-uh. Let's go home and do homework. We're not doing this. At home. And Willow's, Willow's like, I fucking love homework, Buffy. Just like, trust me. I would never allow Dawn to not do her homework. <laughs> um, so, um, uh, back at Glory's mansion, uh, the, uh, the, the minions have filled Glory in all of her magnificent wonder with the information that they've gathered. And she thinks that she has narrowed down who the key is. The newest member of their group. Yes. Um, and uh, we get a little bit of a bait and switch here. I love it. Um, we at first think that they figured out that it's Dawn. Um, and we do see some of the minions uh, roll up on the Summer's house as Buffy and Dawn are uh, in there. Um, Buffy is folding towels and doing it quite badly, and it was bothering me. <laughs> shout out to the uh, few, shout out to whoever soundproofed the summer's home. Right? Oh my god! There was like legitimately a moment where uh, Don was just saying like, "It doesn't matter if I go to school. I'm a key. I'm not real. I'm a key." <laughs> they were right there. <laughs> yeah, they were right there. But uh, and. Uh, yeah, and uh, Buffy is like made like a chart. Or she's trying to make a chart for Dawn's chores. She's like, oh, I don't need a graph. I'm not real. She's like, it's not a graph. It's a chart. And you are real. (laughs) You are real. Dawn, you can't use the I'm not real excuse every time you don't want to do something. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Though, for real, though, great, like, like, yeah, when she's just like, the monks gave me K through eight. Let's see if they dump uh, grade nine in there, too. Um... (laughs) But this is when Buffy tells her, like... You know, it's interesting, um, because uh, we, we do talk about how young Dawn seems, uh, and knowing that she's a freshman in high school, think about yourself as a freshman versus as a senior. Oh, yeah. It's like, 
even though it's just the span of four years, hell, even like the difference between a freshman and a junior, it feels colossal. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I really do think that, like, you know, going to as a freshman at St. X, I was just like, oh, here I am wearing my big kid clothes, going <laughs> to my big kid classes, and then, like, in senior year, it's like, yeah, I'm ready to be adult, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, so much development happens, like, in a very, very short amount of time. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, Buffy tells her just flat out, like, if you don't do well in school, you know, all this, they might take you away. Um, you know, I have to be a responsible guardian. And this shakes Dawn. Yeah, at first like, she's, like, she's very much like, oh, I don't, I don't give a shit. I don't want your gold stars. And, uh, but when she hears that, she's like, oh. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm glad Buffy doesn't keep it to herself for long, but I do feel like this is what she should have said to Dawn, like, when they left the principal's office. Yeah. That should have been the first thing they discussed. Yeah, it does seem strange that, like, they would ask Dawn to leave the room for that, because it feels like... I can understand if maybe she's, like, in grade school, but I feel like maybe, uh, unless, unless, like, it has to be a conversation with somebody who's, like, 18 and older or something, I, I don't know, it, it just seems like it doesn't, it, it just seems strange that, like, you would have this with Buffy, this conversation with Buffy, but not also with Dawn. I, I hear what you're saying, but I think it. But then again, I've never been... I'm not familiar with this kind of scenario, so I could be completely wrong. Yeah. I'm completely off base. It's happened before. It'll happen again. <laughs> I feel like I would... If I were in that situation, which I cannot imagine a world where I would ever be in that situation explaining to someone that their child might be taken away. But you... Uh, or their sibling, in this instance. But I would feel like... It, I don't know. I think I would want to have that one-on-one with the Guardian... At, that way, then, it's the Guardian's choice of how that news is presented to the Fair child. Enough. Yeah. Um, and... Your words make sense. Yeah. And especially, like, if, if she's telling it to both of them, Buffy has to process that information for herself and for Dawn at the same time. Whereas this gives her a chance to, okay, like, come up with a strategy. As we see, it's not a great strategy, mm. but, like... Um, but it does look like uh, Dawn's willing to play ball. Yes. Um, now. And, you know, maybe that earned her her first gold star. <laughs> I, and see, it seems like this where I'm just like, I, I get, okay, I like, I have space for, I understand why people don't like Dawn. But I do think people are ignoring moments like this when they are, like, when they're talking about how much they dislike Dawn and saying that she's so bratty and all this. Because she has these moments of great maturity, too. Um, Especially when um, she's, like, with Spike later on. Yeah. Oh, that scene is so good. Um, so, once again, this is a pro-Dawn podcast. Yeah, um, always. Um, over at the dorm, at Willow's dorm. Uh, so, I just want to say, the dialogue in this scene starts off cringy, but ends... A lot better than it started. Yeah, like it, it was. I, 
I don't want to blame it on uh, on Tara, uh, on uh, Amber Benson and uh, Allison Hannigan. I think like the just the opening lines of this are not great choices. Yeah, it's like weirdly cutesy. Yeah, and I know that's like cutesy is something the show does frequently, but like I don't know. I also have an issue with the topic of this fight. It doesn't bother me when Tara is expressing um, her concerns over uh, Willow's usage of magic. Um, because that's something that's been kind of built in. We've we've talked about how Tara has been like, she's getting really, really powerful, really mm-hmm. fast, uh, just in the last episode. This idea that Tara is like worried that Willow like Willow's just going through a phase or I don't know it just it's it feels out of character for Tara for me it's not something that's ever been brought up and it's not I and it just well and it's just we had a whole episode of uh back in uh season four new moon rising of Willow like affirming her love for Tara um, and choosing Tara over Oz when the choice was presented to her. Um, and we've not seen any sort of indication that Tara's having any sort of insecurity a- about their relationship or Willow's sexuality. It-, it just really comes out of nowhere for me. Yeah. And it feels... It does feel like even though it's kind of... Re- it, even though it is rejecting it, it feels a little dangerously close to playing into the it's just a phase trope. Yeah. And I don't love it. And, um, and that like really can, uh, like that's damaging to the, uh, the arc that Willow has gone through. Um, I feel like what, um, what, uh, the writers of Buffy tend to do is, um, uh, is like basically have two characters say, the worst thing they could possibly say to each other <laughs> and then they like you know storm off from each other and something horrible happens to the other person so it's just like oh this is gonna feel bad anyway now it just feels worse when you think about what was the last thing you said to that mm-hmm. person this has happened frequently in both Buffy and Angel and it will continue to happen <laughs> yeah. frequently in both Buffy <laughs> and Angel but uh, and I feel like it's just kind of cruel yeah. in this. Um, and not in like a... It doesn't... Th- there's no there's no like legitimacy to it. Yeah. Um, and uh, so it seems like it's just there to like try to emphasize what happens to Tara. Mm-hmm. But in the end, it kind of like... You know, yeah. you don't even... You, you completely forget about this. Yeah. Like, um, because do they ever talk about this? I don't think they ever bring this up again. No, I don't think so. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's frustrating because I don't mind the idea of the fight and the idea of actually bringing some conflict into Willow and Tara's relationship is not a bad idea. Jazz does point out that they don't really fight. Exactly. They don't really quarrel. (laughs) Foreigner. (laughs) As Anya called. Oh my gosh, that was so funny. But yeah, it is, it is like, I'm not opposed to the idea of them having a conflict. Um, it gives the relationship more texture, um, uh, particularly for uh, on Tara's side. Because as much as I love Tara, I, I mean, I feel like it's fair to say that 
of all of our major characters, she's the least developed. Um, I mean, quite frankly, and I've mentioned it before, Willow hasn't had much to do this season either. I mean, you had your yeah, you had your episode with uh, Anya. You, yeah, you had the episode with Anya. Um, did you have like was Tara's family this season? Or, yes. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like that's kind of about it. So this is this could have been a really great Willow Tara episode. And in some spots it is, but in this spot in particular, it's not. Yeah, I agree. Um, I I do appreciate that they talk about um, Tara relating to Buffy and her mother's death. I, I like that that's a a through line that has continued. Um, but yeah, I just I just wish this conflict had been rooted in something that felt more true to both characters. Mm-hmm. Um, Honestly, just talking about how worried you are about, like, how, how friend you are and how, like, powerful ma- her magic's getting, that's enough. That's and enough. And then, like, what, is, what does Willow do when um, when Tara gets attacked? Yeah. She, like, finds the dark... The book even says it's the darkest magic. Yeah. She has to <laughs> axe it open. Yeah. Like, yeah. She completely proves... And, yeah, and that right there, that's uh, so much... Speaking of, like, axing stuff open... So like uh, today when I was like uh, I, I try to like take a walk through my neighborhood mm-hmm. every day and I've got like these uh, and I've got these uh, gym shorts and you know they're like the standard gym shorts that you like tie together mm-hmm. it doesn't really have a belt or anything but when I got home I was like uh, I was tired feeling a little sick because I'm still like kind of recovering from whatever the hell happened to me while I was in New Orleans <laughs> and uh, and like for some reason I could not get the knot undone of, <laughs> that I had tied Oh in like my short and i was like there were some points when i was legitimately ready to just like grab my knife and just like cut <laughs> it off but it was like no jason patience and just wiggle it just wiggle wiggle it and it was untied very so proud of you i avoided axing it open <laughs> proud of you um but yeah i one last thought on this fight before we move on, but yeah, like if the fight had been more rooted in that fear of Tara's, that's richer. That's a richer story right there because because then the fight, the fight ties into what Willow does later, mm-hmm. um, and kind of proves Tara right um, in a very sad and tragic way. Yeah. Um, and I think all of this through line would have just worked better for me. Um. um so. But uh, they they do decide to go their separate ways. Yes. Um, uh, Lilo goes to uh, the magic, magic box, box, and Tara. Tara goes helper, to, She still wants to go to the fair. So she goes to a sad bench at the fair. Yeah, that. And you know, poor Tara. I mean, the girl doesn't really like social activities too much. So to go to like a big old social <laughs> event by herself. I mean, she's just not feeling great. She's not feeling great. Well, she's about to feel worse. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) She's about to get fingers in her head. And, you know, her, like, fucking hand crushed, too. Uh, I forgot about that part. The hand is so rough. And, um, yeah, so she goes to the cultural fair, and, yeah, she's just sitting on a bench by herself. That fair looked fun. Um... Made me want to go to World Fest real bad. I see. Uh, I did. I did see like a guy wearing uh, what appeared to be German lederhosen. Uh-huh. And um, I also saw the. I mean, obviously, the big thing that was on display was the, the uh, dragon. The dragon uh, used in uh, Chinese festivals, uh, particularly yeah. Chinese New Year. Yeah, that looked. Um, 
Yeah. Well, I just, I was just, I just kept, kept thinking about World Fest, which is for for listeners who aren't local. Uh, World Fest is a annual um, festival here in Louisville that features food and booths and stuff like that, just from um, cultures all over the world. Um, many of whom are um, organized uh, and ran by local uh, immigrant communities, and it's just so much fun and there's so much good food and um i always get a euro at least um uh you know there are restaurants uh, you can get those at right yeah <laughs> but i also love going to world fest because you get all of it at once you can have yeah. okay you can have a euro and you can get some like mexican street foods and uh and then later you can go home and be like oh, i ate too much <laughs> um and i spent too much money <laughs> wreck your toilet <laughs> yeah okay. um I've never been, but oh, you've never been to World Fest? No. Oh gosh, it's next next. Uh, it's in September. I think you should come with us. Okay. It's really fun. They they have so much cool stuff. Hopefully, my uh, tum tum will be feeling better by then. I hope that your tum tum is better by September. I don't know, man. Like this is. I feel like this is the longest that it's been like not great um, consecutively. Yeah. So. Oh, that sucks. I don't know. Maybe like maybe I've just is like very you know. High protein diet, bef- um, and like limiting on the carbs and the, on the carbs and the fats, like having a re- responsible amount of those before I went to New Orleans. And of course, when I was in New Orleans, I was like, all the Cajun food, <laughs> all of it, and like you're talking about the most flavorful food in the world. Yeah. Um, I can't make that statement, but y'all, <laughs> I haven't talked about New Orleans at no, all. No, you haven't. Um, but. Uh, not to be one of those people that talks about the food, the places that they go, but everything you've heard about how good the food in New Orleans is, is true. It is oh, I'm so jealous. fantastic. I mean, now, like, uh, the first time I was there, I had this um, crawfish etouffee, which I've oh. had um, in restaurant, in Cajun restaurants here. I mean, if you kind of like Jay Gumbo's, which is like the, <laughs> the Taco Bell of Cajun food. I love it. But, I mean... It's like, but this stuff, it had like this extra layer of flavor that was like, holy shit, where did this come from? Why does this taste so oh good? Gosh. So um, jealous. So no, fucking anyway. jealous. And uh, if you follow me on Instagram, you can actually, I I was instructed by several friends to be a basic white bitch and, <laughs> and take pictures of all of my meals. And I did. You'll notice that there's a bit of a drop off because I did eventually start feeling sick and wasn't really able to eat much, uh, much of anything in the latter part of the trip. But those first, those first few days, oh boy. Um, this is like tangentially related, but did you watch the trailer for season three of Star Trek Lower Decks? Oh, and they're at Cisco's. Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny because I was watching it. John was like, he saw the restaurant. And he's like, is that restaurant a reference to something? And I was like, first of all, everything is a reference to something. <laughs> I like, I don't think there's a frame of this show that isn't a reference to something. But I was like, I was explaining it to him. It would be really funny if they got Jake Cisco back for that episode. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. That would yeah, be cool. Sarah Lofton, I believe, is mm-hmm. the actor who portrayed Yeah, him. that would be cool because... I know Avery Brooks is more or less like retired. And... Also, like the way that Cisco kind of ends that series doesn't oh, really yeah. make it. I forgot about that. It, it, it makes that's why I said Jake and not uh, and not uh, and not a Ben, but Buffy. Buffy. <laughs> um, so um, come for Buffy. You stay for the tangents. We, but yes, uh, t- we get a little montage of uh, sadness, and that montage ends with. 
some hands lovingly embracing Tara's, and Tara turns. She's so happy they're gonna make up. Nope, glory. Yeah, it's a, it's a demon god. Ugh. And I mean, you love to see her, but you hate to run into her. Um, <laughs> uh, I hate to see her go, but I love looking at her butt. <laughs> that is still one of my favorite like comedy lines I've ever heard before, <laughs> especially because it came from a gay man. <laughs> um, back at the magic box, Tara um, Willow. Uh, yes, Willow is telling Giles about. Their fight, Giles is like, well, it's over. The and quarrel. she's like, what? Over? I just like, found her! And he's like, bitch, I meant your quarrel. <laughs> Shut the fuck, Jesus Christ. Um, and I love, it as he's having this conversation, you hear, you can like, there's like weird background sounds that aren't like super obvious, but Giles kind of like... they were Anya. Yeah, no, it's so great because it's, it, yeah, and Giles, but he just kind of like looks... And then he goes back to the conversation. Then he looks again. And then as he's, he's just like casually, this is my, this is my gay agenda is how hot Giles is. I knew it would be. Oh my God. He just like, he's casually walking over to the door, giving Willow some lovely advice on how to handle the situation. Then he opens the door and there's a minion there and he just slams it back into the minion's head. And then he grabs the minion and he takes him over to the chair and he's like, the minion's like, oh, never talk. And then he's like, uh, Anya, Willow, will you please get me some twine that's on the counter? And as they turn their backs, we just hear a horrible cracking sound and the minion screaming. And it's actually the sound of uh, Giles smashing that minion's peanut brittle. <laughs> he's a gnome! My peanut brittle! Stop, I'll tell you everything! Um, and... Oh, he's so scary. Like, it's so, like... I love scary, like... Good old Ripper. Oh, uh, I love... Yes, I love when Ripper comes out. And I... And, yeah. But the minions just, like... We figured out who the key is. And all of us, the other minions, are keeping an eye on the Slayer's people. While Glory goes after the key. Gets, and she's gonna get that witch. And she's gonna get the like, witch. Wait, what? What? <laughs> so, Tara's, like, in danger. So, Willow... <laughs> I saw what you did there. See? Uh, so Willow's like, call Giles. Uh, call Buffy. Call Buffy. Fucking hell. <laughs> There's no way out of that one. She tells Giles to call Buffy to check Tara's uh, dorm room. Uh, and she's going to go check the fair. Um, uh, at the fair, first of all, Amber Benson doesn't have any lines in this scene. She's so fucking good. Like, see, for some reason, I don't know why I remember this episode differently, but it was like, wait a minute, did this happen earlier in the season? Did like, did did Glory have a confrontation with Tara earlier in the season? Not that I, I think, know why, I don't think for, so. But for some weird reason, it was like um, there was this scene in my head of uh, like Tara being so afraid of Glory. And trying to, like, say something, but it came out as, like, a stutter, and uh, Glory just, like, immediately mocks her stutter or something. I feel like I might be, like, placing this somewhere, like, maybe that might have happened somewhere else in the series, but... Maybe, with I'm a different sure. antagonist, but that... 
for some reason I I thought of that scene I thought of that happening in this scene and when it didn't happen I'm like oh never mind no there definitely is no it's Faith I think oh Faith yeah, do that? yeah it is Faith yeah, yeah I was like because I was like you're right it's definitely like some villain who like makes fun of because it, it's Faith in Buffy's body right that's it I was yeah um how could I forget? I, I was like, you're right, but it's like, it wasn't glory, but we're so close. That's, um, and I was like, who would do such a thing? <laughs> well, we got, we got, we got a couple options. Um, so yeah, so, uh, uh, glory crushes Tara's hand. So the point where blood comes out. Yeah. I mean, so that, like, that's... yeah, it's, it's like, because when you think of a hand being crushed, probably gonna get really gross here but Mm -hmm. when you think of a hand getting you don't have to look so excited you weirdo (laughs) when you think of a hand getting crushed you think like oh yeah bones break and stuff like that but you don't think of like blood coming out like so that's like kind of a whole degree right more of like just the pressure that she's putting on and she needs to draw blood because she wants to like lick that blood and be like, "Yeah, the key." But uh, when she uh, licks the blood, she like spits out like, "Ew, this tastes like blood." <laughs> and she's like, "You lied to me." Terry's <laughs> just like, "I didn't say a goddamn thing, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> bitch! I've never met you." <laughs> um, I, I literally, I think the only. This is the first time Tara and Glory have it shared a scene together. The only time I think possibly that they might have had uh, shared screen time was at the hospital when uh, when Willow used the teleportation spell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're right. I was thinking of when Glory came in to buy the magic box to buy supplies, but I couldn't oh, remember. Right. I couldn't remember if Tara was in that scene or not. But yes. Yeah, the ho- you're right. She was there at the hospital during that scene. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, Gloria hasn't really had too many interactions with our cast. So yeah. Um, yeah. now she has an interaction that will require a cast. Oh my gosh. It's so upsetting because she basically is like... She's like... Uh, she describes... After realizing that Tara is not the key, she... Uh, basically is like, well, I'm going to brain suck you. But first, I'm going to describe to you what it's going to be like for you. She's, she does say, like, um, I'll tell you, like, if you tell me which one, which one of you is the key, then I won't brain suck you. Yeah. Which she's probably going to brain suck her. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, Tara. And, like, the, the description that, that Glory gives of what happens when she brain sucks somebody is horrible. Horrifying. It's so upsetting. I'm gonna see if the wiki has. I mean, the, the delivery that Claire Kramer has with this yeah. line is because bonkers. The implication is that what people feel when she brain sucks them is what Glory's feeling when she goes into those states. Because mm-hmm. um, she, yeah, she is saying it in such a way that it is like, like it, yeah, and it, or it, possibly it, maybe it's what it's like for her when she's when Ben is in control. But yeah, and it's like, because she definitely speaks as if she's been a victim of this. Yeah. And, uh, and like, it's not the idea that, like, you lose your mind. It's that you are conscious, but you're trapped mm-hmm. and don't have access to your body. Yeah. Which is, I mean, I, there are, 
there's no real way of knowing, obviously, but there, I mean, that is how a lot of people theorize is what it's like for people who are suffering from dementia or, mm-hmm. or Alzheimer's, um, which is very, very upsetting. But uh, Tara gives the biggest fuck go- you look, fuck you look yes. to Glory, probably that she'll ever receive in the series. Oh. Like, I mean, you thought, you thought that, like, Spike had looks that could kill, but yeah, Tara's... And maybe it's just because it came from Tara made it seem so much more powerful. Oh, absolutely. And especially because she's like, she's whimpering in pain. She's yeah, yeah, terrified. Yeah, there, there's like this fear and pain throughout the scene, but then like just this adamant like, no. Yeah. Oh, we love her. Um, Willow arrives uh, and attempts to stop Glory, but is uh, unable. Um, and... Uh, when she, her path is blocked by the aforementioned dragon, and when no. she finally gets to Tara, Tara's by herself. Multiculturalism. <laughs> Damned Tara McClay. Uh, maybe Anya was onto something. <laughs> Kidding. I do not actually believe that. Um, and uh, I do not vouch for anything that Anya says that doesn't involve Joyce Summers. Yeah. Um, at the hospital... The doctors are looking after Tara. Um, Giles, Xander, Anya are there along with Willow. Um, they're going to have to keep uh, Tara overnight to evaluate her, um, which uh, distresses Willow quite a bit, um, not surprisingly. And uh, he... Um, um, the doctor pulls a, oh, are you very good friends? No, he says, sister. You, I, don't know. I know he sister. says sisters. I was just being a, I was being a dick. Like this dick but doctor, Will, Willa, this heteronormative doctor. But Willow says that she's my everything. Yeah. Oh. And, um. She's my girl. Yeah. They, um, they take, uh, they take, I almost said Amber. They say Tara. Um, to the psych ward, uh, and she's um, just babbling. My favorite is when Buffy arrives and she hugs her and she just says with the biggest smile, they kill mice. <laughs> well, so here's the thing. I don't know how much of Tara's um, babbling was scripted and how much was just like, oh, Amber, say whatever you want. And I noticed that like as soon as that nurse like moved her into the wheelchair, she started talking a lot about cats Mm. And the nurse had cats on her scrubs. Oh, interesting. So I don't... I didn't notice that. I don't know. That was just like, I'm just going to go with whatever's in my head. Yeah. I was paying... I was trying to pay attention to a lot of what she said to see if it was, um, like, any sort of foreshadowing or, like... Because, like, we've talked about That how, seems like something that could easily... Yeah. Like, when Drusilla is speaking nonsense, it's almost always some and, sort of, like, and glories. And honestly, until the end of the episode, I'd forgotten that Glory's victims can still, like, see the key and freak the fuck out when they see it. Um, Um, So that was a good thing to kind of, like, keep in the back pocket until the very mm -hmm. end of the episode. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, and so Willow's Willow's not not feeling great. Willow's got... Willow's got Kill Bill sirens going. (laughs) (laughs) And... She, she's like, I'm gonna go kick that bitch's ass. And Buffy's like, but actually, it's you're like, not. I can't even, I can't even, like, take her down. She's like, I'm like, 
well, maybe I can. And then she goes to axe open that book. Yeah. After throwing a whole bunch of other books aside, like she made a mess. She made a mess. She made a mess. Yeah. Buffy, Buffy seemingly talks her out of it, but yeah, Willow's just like, going to tell you what you, you want to hear. And then. Well, let's argue like, what is the. Buffy may have been a little unwise in overreacting to, uh, in overcorrecting her discipline of Dawn. She's just dumb if she thought that, like, oh, Willow's clearly... She's fine. Not, yeah, she's fine. She's fine. And it took, and it took Spike, um, who had a very late appearance in this episode, uh-huh. um, it took him saying, like, did you really think that was going to work? <laughs> he's, he's like, he's like, Buffy, I love you. But you're stupid. Girl, you're dumb right now. <laughs> dumb right now. So, uh, speaking of Spike, uh, Buffy has taken Dawn... Uh, to to be with Spike while she goes to the hospital and uh, Spike is rough looking. I mean, he's still bruised and beaten. And um, it's important to note that, uh, as we will recall, uh, vampires have accelerated heating. Heating. What the fuck? Accelerated healing. So the fact that he's still this bruised up and broken. I mean, Glory fucked him up pretty bad. Mm-hmm. But uh, t- uh, Dawn is explaining how she feels like this is all her fault, that Tara is in danger because of her. Um, Glory is after her, um, and people are going to get hurt and die. Um, so she must be evil. Um, and Spike's like, okay, listen. I'm lady. a vampire. I know of I evil. I know evil. Listen, platelet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure he called her platelet, which, I mean, I guess there's like a blood thing there. I wonder, but I I wonder like... if that was like James just messing up the line and then like, let's just go with it. This, this scene turned out great except yeah. for that. Platelet. Uh, <laughs> platelet. Um, I mean, that makes like... me think of. Do you remember um, the SNL uh, presidential debate? But, and it was like between John McCain and obviously actors portraying John McCain and Barack Obama. And uh, they were making fun of how John McCain kept forgetting uh, like the, the person who asked the question's name. And, uh, and uh, this guy's like, uh, yeah, my name's Jeremy. And uh, I want to know, like, how are you going to um, tackle the big, like... Uh, like the big rate in tax increase and and John McCain's like Zebediah. It's very important. <laughs> <laughs> he calls it like three different names. That's funny. I don't think I have seen that one. Oh, that's good. Um Yep, Don's like, well if I'm not evil, I don't think I can be good and Spike's like, well, you know, I'm not good and I'm alright. You don't look like, alright, buddy. Yeah. I just um James Marsters is good in this scene, um, but he's. I bet it is Dawn's scene. Yeah. And she, Michelle, just does a phenomenal job with it. I mean, we have talked about how Buffy has had the weight of the world on her shoulders at a very. At Dawn's age, she had that. Um, but we, I mean, Dawn is going through something similar. It's, it's different. The stakes are different. And. Um, for instance, but she, the stakes are not going into vampires. Yeah, <laughs> but she but she feels responsible for the safety of people, the people trying to protect her, and that's and a lot like, for a kid. Um, I'm very much reminded of uh, one of my favorite scenes from Batman Begins, mm-hmm. and um, it's uh, the scene where uh, it's like right after the funeral for uh, Thomas and Martha Wayne. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, obviously Bruce is, like, distraught or whatever. And uh, 
and Alfred says like, oh, I made you some dinner if you want it. And like, he doesn't say anything. And then he like starts to go downstairs. And that's when Bruce like tells him like, Alfred, it's my fault. And like, he says like, oh, if I, if I hadn't have been scared, then they wouldn't have died. And that's when like Alfred just immediately comes in. He's like, no, no, it was him. It was only him. And it's so easy for whenever bad things happen to the people that we love, even if you're like not involved in it at all to blame yourself, mm-hmm. like, um, or even like if something happened to them and you say like, Oh, I never, I didn't spend enough time with them or anything like that. You, you immediately go into this like blaming yeah. and, um, it's really great to see, even if it's a very toxic uh, vampire man who's got <laughs> bruises all over his face, to see like somebody be like, "Hey, this isn't your fault." Yeah. I mean, you're just existing. Like, mm-hmm. even if you don't think you're, even if you didn't exist before, you <laughs> exist now, and you're just existing. You can't help it that there are just evil fucking demon gods out there. Mm-hmm. It happens. Yeah, it's not your fault that bad people do bad things. Mm-hmm. You know, even if they're doing it in, you know, and your even name. Like, or... And even if there's, like, a person behind what happens to a person that you love. Like, it's... Unless you, like, physically cause harm to a person, it's not your fault. Yeah. I mean, I'll, 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 I'll do the whole Robin Williams from Goodwill Hunting thing. It's not your fault. Yeah. Oh. <sighs> Those are like two really emotional movies. Yeah. <laughs> so um, this this is where uh, Buffy arrives to get Dawn. She explains. She was like, yeah, Willow was about to go get some revenge, but I talked her out of it. And Spike's like, the fuck you did. <laughs> uh, and, he's, and he's like, uh, and he has a great moment, a really, really beautiful line delivery where he's like, if it was someone I loved, I would do it. And then uh, Don's like, Buffy, what if it? What would you do if it were to me? And Buffy's like, oh, shit. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Willow's got this look in her eye. So much so that, like, her eyes are all black. And, um, yeah. I-, I wish I could say more specifically about that, but uh, nope. I'm not going to. I'm not going <laughs> yeah. to. Um, um, but she... Uh, she busts right in. She busts right in. <laughs> Minions are like, fuck this! <laughs> Scatter! <laughs> and and uh, Glory's like, interesting. And you know you how know, Michael Myers does that, like, head tilt thing after he yeah. kills someone? That's kind of what I was thinking of. Like, she would do like, hmm. Yeah. I'm and so curious. You know, I would have really loved to see maybe, um, just for a second, uh, Willow be on the level to fight Glory doesn't happen. Well, she does have one second where she hits her with that lightning. Glory's in like serious pain when she does that. That's true, but it, and I guess like that happened so early and you also had like yeah. the break and then when you go back. Yeah. So I guess I'd forgotten that, that. But yeah, I guess there was that one bit, but um that was like Bad that enough. didn't last long. Um uh, Glory almost said Claire. <laughs> like, I know these people. Glory um, was like, you think... And even though, like, Willow's wrecking all of her shit, all of her tacky shit, uh, Glory's like, you think I care about this? You think I care about this mansion, these clothes? And then rips off her dress and got me hopeful for a second there. Yeah. But then I'm like, no, nope, network TV. Network. Come on, Jason. But you know what she did enjoy? Not clothes, not furniture. 
sucking out your girlfriend's brains. Oh, yeah. And, oof, Willow's pissed. She has, she does like a spell that kind of, that makes it difficult for Glory to move. Um, Which is probably her most effective spell all in all, because she's able to do that when, after Buffy shows up too, so they can get away. Yeah. She shatters a mirror, which is, like, cool, but does jack shit. She also magics a bunch of knives at her, which is cool, but does no, jack yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, the fact <laughs> that, like, um, like, Willow calls the bag over and Glorissa's is like, bag of tricks, what's this, bag of tricks? Like, bag, bag of, of knives. knives. Which, <laughs> A-plus on line delivery, C-minus on actual power of the attack. Yeah, yeah. I also just like I love her um, I owe you pain line um, that's the one she does right before the force lightning um, but yeah um, her upper hand is brief <laughs> um, and uh, Buffy... Glory, Glory is about to like stab Willow with one of the knives from the bag of knives <laughs> yeah and then that's when Buffy shows up for her big damn heroes moment and um, based on a line that i feel like was probably ADR'd in uh, Willow's magic is kind of like fucking with Glory's head a bit, which gives Buffy a brief upper hand. She has a line where it's like, that hot witch really slowed me down. No, but... yeah, I, I heard that. I'm like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> so, but yes, they are able to... Uh, uh, Buffy does... I mean, I know Buffy does unnecessary flips all the time but she does one that's like really unnecessary in this fight enough with the gratuitous <laughs> flipping buffy um but they escape and willow's able to put another like slow walk down smell yeah walk in tar spell or whatever it is um and she is pissed we go to uh uh Tara's uh um dorm room which this is this took me forever it was only like on a recent rewatch that I was like oh that's Tara's dorm room I've always been like what is this weird storage closet that they're in yeah like I thought it was Tara's (laughs) simply because one it wasn't Willow's and it looked darker right yeah Tara McClay loved that little darkness with uh uh Miss uh Miss Kitty Fantastic yeah um yeah i was well and i think what threw me off was that it's like it's full of it's like bare but like full of boxes and literally like the last time i watched this episode i was like oh they're like packing up tara's stuff because she can't Mm -hmm. stay in her dorm room by herself um they um willow has been given um a ton of like material for helping take care for her to take care of tara um, it's going to be a lot of work, but Willow doesn't care. She's in it. She's going to take care of her for as long as it takes, even if that is forever, which is a very moving, but very sad. Um, Dawn offers, uh, uh, Willow has to, is basically having to spoon feed Tara and, uh, Dawn offers to help, which is very, very sweet. Um, Willow and Buffy have a moment where she's like, you know, she's my girl. I'll do anything for her. And Buffy's like, I understand. Fam, we got you. Yeah. And, uh, the, and then the episode and the, ends. And then they're sandwiches. They're sandwiches. They have but, sandwiches. Okay. Uh, can I say something maybe controversial? Okay. Dawn's salami and peanut butter sandwich. I'd try that. So that didn't un- sound un- that un- bad. It's unorthodox, but I'd try too because. <laughs> I like salami and peanut butter. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I 
can't think of a time when I've had peanut butter and a sort of like other savory thing on mm-hmm. it. Maybe like I don't know. I'd like a at at rec bar. I had that like peanut butter banana jelly bacon sandwich. That oh I yeah, it was really good. Uh, but yeah, I'm trying to think of like if I've ever had peanut butter with meat. And, uh, yeah, I was trying to, I was trying yeah. to think of that, too. Um, also, I'm a little curious about Buffy's sandwich. Like an eggplant, eggplant. sandwich. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming it has to be, like, roasted or cooked of some kind. Or maybe grilled. Um, yeah, but, like, I I don't have too much experience eating eggplant, but I can't imagine eggplant being great on its own. Actually, depending on how you prepare it, um, it, it really can be. Okay. Um... It could, eggplant like, is... I've attempted to make uh, ratatouille before, mm-hmm. and uh, it turned out all right, but I mean, uh, I feel like a lot of flavor came from uh, the sauce yeah. that I used for it, and not like the actual eggplant. Yeah. I feel like a fried eggplant sandwich could be really good. Okay, um, yeah, well, I mean... <laughs> fried anything. Is yeah, <laughs> I, uh, if you fry something, that's kind um, of a cheat code. So... I'm going to go on just the briefest of tangents before we get into this final moment. But uh, John and I, as you know, and I've mentioned on here before, are doing a rewatch of Fringe. Um, it's a rewatch for me. It's his first time seeing it. And we are in uh, mid-season four. We're like just past the halfway point of season okay, four. Okay, now it's going to get ridiculous. Right. Oh, yeah, <laughs> now it's going to get ridiculous. Um, but the, there's an episode we were watching the other day where Walter made he it was it white bread untoasted he buttered it and then put sprinkles on it like you like ice cream sprinkles and i was like oh my god that's fucking disgusting and john was like that's called um uh fairy dust toast i think is what he, or something like that fairy dust toast? it's it's and it's like it's like a thing in australia it's like it's like the children's snack of choice hmm. in uh, in Australia or maybe New Zealand. I mean, it's not, or maybe both. It doesn't seem too ridiculous. I mean, it just seems like it would be a, a lot sweeter and maybe not a type of texture that I'd be down for. Yeah, well, it's just because like I feel that I barely have anything with sprinkles on it anymore. Yeah, I don't. And so it's just like it's just like oh, little hard bits of sugar, and I'm sure a lot of people are like. The fuck? What's wrong with sprinkles? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, it was so, I was so like, what the hell? Like, first of all, I was like, oh, that's disgusting. Why would he do that? Other than, you know, he's Walter Bishop and he does weird shit like that. But then, yeah, yeah, yeah well, fairy bread is what it's called. Fairy bread, okay. Sliced white bread spread with butter or margarine and covered with hundreds and thousands, which is what sprinkles are called in Australia. Yeah. Uh, often served at children's parties in Australia and New Zealand. It is typically cut into triangles. I mean, I can see kids being into that. Oh, I, mean, I can totally yeah, see kids being into that. It's bread, butter, and sugar. <laughs> the three food groups! <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, just the, the sandwich discussion just made me think of that. Because I like almost barfed when I saw it. Yeah, I don't know if that would make me barf, but... Uh... No, I, I'd totally be down for trying a peanut butter and salami sandwich. Yeah, yeah I'd be into that. Um... Maybe, I think I would have to find something to go with it, though. I feel like it's missing something. Mm. I'm not sure what, though. I It might be missing some, like, it might maybe need a sweet, sweet element. Yeah. Maybe, like, chocolate. Maybe chocolate. Oh, man. I could, I'm pretty sure I've had, like, chocolate and, like, 
salty, savory things before yeah. together. That could well, work. Well, like chocolate and bacon is a is a is a not uncommon uh, yeah uh, combination. Yeah, maybe if you could get like I don't know, like a chocolate, like a peanut butter chocolate syrup salami sandwich, mm-hmm. like a dark chocolate. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, dark chocolate's the way to go yeah. for me. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, I'm, I'm vibing with this. Can we um, <laughs> can we like I don't know maybe make that sandwich and film us like uh, yes. eating it and then put it on our socials? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm write also, it down, write it down, so we can remember <laughs> that. I'm uh, I'm also thinking about just like going out and like telling John this, and he's either gonna say like that's it's fucking, fucking disgusting, <laughs> or he's gonna be like, yes, Harrison, that's called a like, <laughs> it's very common actually. <laughs> that's called um, a whirling dervish. I can't <laughs> even know that. All right, so salami, PB, dark chocolate. Like dark chocolate spread or syrup or something. Yeah. All right. There's so many listeners who've been like these fucking weirdos and like turned us off. (laughs) Hey man, like, (laughs) what would you say? Have we talked about the weirdest like uh, thing, the weirdest like combinations of food that we've eaten before? I feel like I've had that discussion with you, but maybe not on the podcast. Um, I'm not sure. I've, so, I've had the Krispy Kreme burger at the fair. Well, and that, that I, actually worked. It was good. Yeah, I loved no, it. I, I've, I've had that too. It's very good. Um, when I was a kid, uh, I know there are lots of people who uh, don't like their food, their different food on their plate touching. Um, I didn't really care about that. But I really loved when my applesauce and my mashed potatoes actually mixed together okay um it added like it just it had like you know the butteriness of the potatoes the sweetness of the applesauce and the texture just like seemed to work for me okay um it was like it somehow like took thick mashed potatoes and made it just a little thinner but like eat and that made it like kind of easier to eat um but no like mashed potatoes and applesauce just always seemed to work okay uh, I've got three. One is like a combination, and the other two are just like weird food quirks I had. Right. And I'm gonna go from least upsetting to most upsetting. Okay. So my first is the combination. Ooh. I liked to dip my carrot sticks in my applesauce. Um, okay. I loved. I I would do that all the time. Whenever we would have spinach, uh, like canned spinach, I liked it cold. But here's the weird thing. I didn't want it to start cold. I liked it warmed up and then i would leave it i would like wait till the end i would eat everything else and then eat that last so it would get cold i liked it to be cooked and then get cold i don't know why you know there is um there is something that i had as a kid and i can't remember what it is off the top of my head but i remembered the leftovers would taste better than the first time you had it. Okay. So that's what that makes me think of. I can't remember what it is, but I really wish I could. And here's my last one. Okay. And I'm very sorry about this. I liked to eat flour. Flour? Flour. Not flowers. Flour. No, no, like, the, the, the baking. Like the baking. I would yeah. just pour some flour into a bowl, and I'd get a spoon, and I would just eat it. Interesting. I'm assuming you don't do that anymore. I did not. Okay. And actually, the idea of doing that makes me a little sick to my stomach. You know, it would make... 
I, I would actually find it really funny if, like, you were a kid and you were trying to sneak some sugar, but you accidentally <laughs> sunflower instead. Because, um, uh, I don't know if you did this when you were a kid, but, like, when we um, when we had the hiccups, we would do the spoonful of sugar. Oh, yeah, we never um, did that. Yeah, and it would work most of the time. Uh, sometimes my, my brother would think having hiccups so that he could, <laughs> could just eat a spoonful of sugar. That's hilarious. Uh, All right. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, so we had that nice discussion now. How about a yes. kind of upsetting scene? Yeah, well, um, the... Uh, Tara's not getting the security deposit on that dorm back. Uh, the entire wall is ripped off by Glory. Um, and she's like... I told you I'd be back, bitches. You thought I was going to wait till the next episode? <laughs> what are you, stupid? Um, Dumbass mortals. <laughs> Tara starts freaking out, and uh, Dawn tries to comfort her, and that's when Tara looks at Dawn and says, uh, basically, you know, this so much pure light green energy and um, Glory's like yeah and that's when Glory looks at the whole audience and wants to fuck them because mm-hmm. she has found the key she's found the that key. is a Rocky Horror reference <laughs> you guys <laughs> she has found the key and Don and Buffy look terrified yeah they're, Cut in, to the, black. they're in Trouble Town Cut to black. They're, they're not going to Boys Town they're going to Trouble Town mm-hmm. uh, which incidentally Boys Town is a real neighborhood in Chicago Mm. Um, it is heavily... Is it, a, is it a gay neighborhood? It is. Okay. Um, I can't remember what... Like, like I can't remember what the actual name of the neighborhood is. Like, Boys Town is, like, a colloquial nickname for it. But, yeah, it has got a very heavy uh, LGBTQ presence. I don't think I would want to live there just because, like, I mean, you know... You know that those people are like those party goers. Mm-hmm. They'd be partying all night. Yeah. Sleeping all day. <laughs> anyway, that is tough love. Final tough thought. episode. It's yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot. Um, I'm actually surprised that our, our discussion wasn't longer. But I think we talked more about weird ass food yeah. and and Star Trek Lower Decks than we did about <laughs> the episode. But uh, now this episode. Um, you can tell that it's the start of the end game for uh-huh. this season. I mean, it has to be. Yeah. Um, and uh, I like the fact that um, it feels like it's been so long since we've seen Glory be a true threat. I mean, yeah, she beat up on Spike. Who the fuck cares? Uh, but um, <laughs> that's not really. I mean, I do care. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but um, but yeah, like Spike, we know Spike can take it. Yeah, Spike so can take the, it. The stakes um, aren't quite as high as whereas Tara is, feels. And is very vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. To see um, Glory do that to uh, somebody that we love, Tara McClay, um, it's it, it's hurtful, it's sad, and um, it's horrifying. Uh, they're like... There are some dialogue choices that just don't work in this for me. And I mean, we had the discussion about what didn't work in the fight. Yeah. Um, so I feel like that if, if this episode's going to lose any points, it's going to be from that. Um, it also just feels like this is more of a let's get to mm-hmm. where we're going. So transition episode from we're transitioning from the aftermath of Joyce's death to the final part of this season. Yeah, and uh, it makes for a bit of a weaker story. So 
I'd say three out of five for this one for me. Yeah, I agree. It's a lot of table setting. Um, and that's okay. The table has to be set before you can feast. Um, and, and I, and I think most of it is good. Um, yeah, we definitely lose some points in, um, in that fight. And I, I honestly, I think I could, I think if that fight were written better and tied into the arc of Willow and Tara more, um, more believably, I think I could give this episode four stars, but it, that, it, Considering that that fight kind of is the centerpiece of the episode, um, it the fact that it's so weak is yeah, really a it, problem. It was ma- it was manufactured yeah. um, tension exactly, um, and the, a lot of the episode too felt fragmented. You've got a lot going. Like we said, there's a lot going on in this episode, and the majority of it is successful, um, but. We don't, um, not most, there's not a lot of, um, it is a lot of like, okay, we, we've, we've established this. Now we have to move on to this thing and move on to this thing and move mm-hmm. on to this thing. And, and that's fine. It's not necessarily, um, sometimes you have to do that in storytelling, but it doesn't always make it for the best story. Um, so yeah, I think I'm going to give this one a three and a half, uh, broken hands. Mm. Mm. Uh, and because and honestly I think like plot wise I would give this episode a three overall but uh, the sincerity of the emotion really elevates this episode like uh, particularly um, those moments for Willow for Willow for Buffy for Dawn Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and I like seeing hearing Giles torture a minion yeah (laughs) I know you like that all right take us out thank you for joining us on booze and buffy we'll be back next week with angel season two episode 19 belonging yes and uh before that we'll have a a little bonus episode a little bonus episode on the uh buffy the vampire slayer movie celebrating its 30th anniversary starring a miss uh christy swanson as buffy summers the uh, and a Donald Sutherland, Donald as, Sutherland, um, the watcher whose name is Don't Tell Me, Don't Tell Me, uh, uh, damn it, who is it? Merrick, damn it, ah! <laughs> uh, I've never seen it, but I do know that like Merrick was played by a different actor in the flashback yeah. and becoming part one, and I can't remember that actor's name, but I love him because he's like, he's like a He's in um he's in Office Space. He's the guy who made the uh, jump to conclusion. Yeah, I know him as the grandpa, and I think we probably had this exact conversation in this episode uh, on the sitcom Grounded for Life, yeah, like the early two thousands. Uh, also, Luke Perry, um, a very very young Hillary Swank is in that movie. Seth Green. Seth. Oh yeah, Seth Green's in it. Uh, Paul Rubens. So yeah, it'll um, be my first time seeing the yeah, movie. It'll be my second time and my first in like 10 years. So I really couldn't tell you much about it'll it. It'll be fun. Yeah. And I maybe... It has to be better than the last movie that I watched over here. Or excuse me. The oh. the movie before <laughs> yes. the, the last movie I watched over here. Freddy which was... Scene part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan. But really just takes a boat. <laughs> the second worst of the franchise. Um... 
I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman and on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. Harrison is spelled the way that Harrison is spelled. Uh, and Kaufman is spelled C-O-F-F-M-A-N. And I'm Jason. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me and my New Orleans food adventure yeah. on Instagram at yamij 357 and on Twitter at just plain old yamij. Remember when you used to do like fake adventure things on your social media that you'd plug? <laughs> oh, like uh, <laughs> all the fake projects. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this one's real. You actually did take pictures yeah, of me. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, I mean, if you do want to, like, look me up on Tinder, I'm at logjammin69. Damn it. <laughs> Swipe right. Uh, all right. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at boozeandbuffy, or you can email us at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. The and is spelled out. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts yeah. from. And each week, we like to give a shout-out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. This week, we are highlighting 10,000 degrees. That is degrees as in uh, higher educational degrees, not the temperature in Louisville for the last three weeks. (laughs) Uh, The mission of 10,000 degrees is to achieve educational equity and to support students from low-income backgrounds uh, to and through college to realize their full potential and positively impact their communities and the world. Visit www.10,000degrees.org for more information. And as always, go slay. And move to Boys Town? Yeah.